everybody. I'm Casey Grambo. And I'm Kevin McDermott. And we're performers at the CT Comedy Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, While our physical theater is shut down due to the pandemic, we're excited to bring our show, Little Worry, Big Worry, to you in this digital space. Um, On each episode of Little Worry, Big Worry, we're joined by a very funny guest to talk about what we're worried about, the silly little things, and then some bigger personal fears. We're going to talk it over break it down, and hopefully feel a little less worried. Hi, Kevin. Casey Grambo. How are you? You know, still kicking after all the snow, but... We had, yes, for the, we've had three snowstorms since our last recording, uh, mm-hmm. which was a, one week ago. And <laughs> yeah, Central Connecticut has gotten some snow. But you yeah. survived all right? Yeah, it was fine. Do you know what helped me survive, Casey? What helped you? Uh, last week on our um, on our episode with Laura, you mm-hmm. during our recommend something good segment recommended Hames' new album, and I loved it. I'm so glad that you loved it. Yeah, yes. it was great. I really appreciated the recommendation. Um, so I knew previous Haim had had listened to like previous Haim um, albums. I had seen and loved like their live performances. I don't know if you've ever seen like videos or anything of them playing live. Amazing. Um, And so it also helped me realize that I love strong female vocalists. Mm -hmm. Um, I listened to a ton of Bonnie Raitt and Mm -hmm. Susan Tedeschi and Lucinda Williams. I'm anxious to hear what you thought of my recommendation because that band also features a badass female vocalist. Um, yes. but I really loved Hame. So thank you for that recommendation. That was awesome. You're welcome. Guys, Kevin recommended um, the song Side Pony by Lake Street Dive. Um, and as, yes, and it, you know, it's- How fun is that song, first of all? It's a really fun song. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a hard time. I, I tell this because- it gets me into the what I ended up listening to more of. I couldn't find it on an album, so I just went to like their playlist. And I really like bands that are kind of like rock blues kind of combos. Yeah. Um, you know, you know Bruce Springsteen bands slash you know Southside Johnny kind of stuff. And honestly, like it brought me Amy Winehouse vibes. It's not yeah. Amy Winehouse; like no one can be her. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, was invoking other people as well, but I thought it was a delight and it accompanied I, me making yeah. pancakes. So, oh, that is perfect. I think they recommend that you listen to them while making breakfast. That's how they're, how they're <laughs> best so known funny. and best consumed. <laughs> but yeah, that lead singer, like her voice is so like thick and like strong. I, I, and you know, and she can go like powerful and sensual and like everything in the range. Um, so I'm glad you like that as well. You know, speaking of powerful and sensual, I think this brings us to uh, our introducing our guest. Oh, um, perfect, perfect segue, you, Casey. Thank you. Um, guys, joining us today on our show is a Connecticut-based improviser, the creator of the improvised Hallmark Lifetime movie, and host of the video series, cooking with Allie. Please welcome our guest, Allie Rivera. Yeah, Allie. Hello. I don't think I've ever been described as sensual before. So this (laughs) is a big day for me. Thank you very much. That's how I always describe you. So is it? 
I'm, I, I'm sorry this is the first time you're hearing it, but it's been years yeah. since I've known you, I've always said. You know, my sensual friend, Allie? <laughs> Great. I hope you've said that in professional settings as well. <laughs> Only. It's on my LinkedIn <laughs> profile when I'm uh, I'm connected with you. Oh, my God. My connections include my sensual friend, Allie. Perfect. Excellent. That's it's wonderful. wonderful to see you, Allie. It's so good to see you both. This is this is a dream come true. I'm also a huge Lake Street Dive fan. Oh, so yeah. love them. My brother like introduced me to them. So oh, good. It is a bo- he's in Boston and they're <clears throat> Boston. Yes. So he's seen them live like several times. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to do like a backstage thing with them right when the pandemic hit. So drag they'll be around after and i can't wait to see them live they do have a full live album that is amazing um Mm -hmm. and so yeah definitely recommend anybody i'm glad you know them but anybody who doesn't check out lake street dive and casey's recommendation haim pretty pretty super well-known haim um but their new album does crush so check that out so yeah (laughs) Allie, it is so good to see you I always like just seeing your face being around your spirit makes me happy every single time. And both Casey and I have been able to improvise with you many times at the CT comedy theater. So doing uh, this little show in the virtual space, we're so psyched to have you. I'm so psyched to be here. This is, this is awesome. And I'm very excited about it. Cool. Well, we're going to dive right in if that's all right. And I'm going to offer my first little worry, and then we're going to go to our special guest to hear her little worry. Um, My little worry is that I recently have realized that I, without really recognizing that I'm engaging in these behaviors, continue to do filthy and disgusting things without realizing them. I'm a a middle-aged man now, the father of two, with a successful career who still does filthy, filthy things by way of example. Um, (laughs) I rarely wear band-aids. So I just have like open festering is too strong a word, but like open wounds on my body that I just don't cover with band-aids because I don't see the need. Um, I am a huge advocate for snot rockets and (laughs) still still do snot rockets all the time with and and so my worry my this is my worry i do these things and i don't recognize that they are filthy and disgusting and unbecoming of a middle-aged man you don't recognize that a snot rocket (laughs) is unbecoming no no i realize that it's socially unacceptable i don't realize that i do it i just instinctively habitually just blow snot out of my nose which i i understand not okay but i still do it you know and so i'm worried that i will there be a point where i stop doing those things and stop doing filthy things that i used to do in college and younger um because at this point in my middle 40s i'm not i still do them (laughs) i still do them a lot I you, have you both look at me feeling. like do you not do anything filthy. Listen, like, I do what? filthy things okay. in yeah. private. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No uh, one yeah. sees yeah. my okay. proverbial snot rockets. Um <laughs> I I just I my my like a my the reason I'm a 
like a gape is because, yeah. you know, uh, there have been moments where I've, you know, you know, you have to do a snot rocket. You are Kleenex list. And like, I'm so sorry for everyone who's like gagging right now. I'm sorry, but we're going to talk about it. Cause this is what, this yeah. is what Kevin is worried about. Uh, there's stop moments... being polite and start getting real. <laughs> right. You know, there are I am where... like, I am puck. I am the puck here. <laughs> I don't know if that's that. I mean, that definitely dates me that like, that's the only real world casts that I remember. <laughs> New York, LA, and San Francisco. But yeah, sorry, Casey, go on. No, no, no. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> I I couldn't name a person a single person from the real world. It was because I was not allowed to watch MTV, but we snuck it as meant as much as we could. Um basically, I'm I admire the fact that you have so much kind of like almost like self-confidence and not like worried that anyone's gonna be like, eh. <laughs> That you're just like ripping a snot rocket. What was the oh and oh, the open wounds? Is this yeah. like a suck it up buttercup kind of thing? No, no, not at all. I just I think it developed in like college and post college where I just didn't own band aids or didn't have band aids. So um, I also I'm like I'm a rough physical person. I still like I, you know it's a joke amongst my friends. Like McDermott will have open wounds, you know, on my feet during the summer or randomly on my body um, because I move too fast and I am always rough and I hurt myself, you know, to to varying degrees. So, yeah, it won't even register to me that like I'll just have like a big ass open cut on my body that's not covered by a Band-Aid or a wrap of some sort. Um, which I understand is what people customarily do in those a situations. But. Allie, like, how do you feel about this? Like, would you say, like, I, I, mine's skewed right now because I have a cat that now scratches me all the time. So, like, my relationship with wounds is now evolving. But, like, would you ever, like, do something like this? Do you see this as reasonable at all? I feel like I've gotten, like, paper cuts, little things like that and been like, I'll be fine. But anything that would be described as an open wound, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think like, I think like just for like hygiene purposes, you should cover that up so like dirt does you're you're a rough dude, Kevin. Yeah. And you're gonna get dirt in there and then it'll get infected. Right. And what's gonna and, stop this? Like you're are you gonna wait until you have an infection before you start buying it like a CVS first aid kit and putting it in your glove box? I'm going to start taping first aid kits I, I, all the Trinity rowing boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the sad part is now I do have Band-Aids. I can't afford them. Um, I am domesticated enough that I do purchase Band-Aids sometimes. A, he was I a want, feral um, man. I need them. But I, <laughs> I was. I was out <laughs> in the wilderness. Um, another one. And again, I, I, I feel the need to share because this is a worry. Um, I still on long car trips and when I'm out on the motorboat for hours at a time, I urinate into bottles, which I understand is gross and not acceptable societally, but it is, and it is filthy. I do it without even registering it um as a conscious act i just am like i need to relieve myself and i have a bottle at hand at all times so what, what do you what do you do with the bottle afterwards uh if it's really full i'll usually take a snapshot of it and text it to my friends 
<laughs> because God. they because they know how filthy and disgusting I am. So yeah, I will uh, especially like if it's you know we practice very early in the morning. So if I've had a bunch of coffee and like I'm on the launch and I need to relieve myself, fill it right to the brim, a Gatorade like 16 ounce bottle, and then send a, a shot to my friends. I love it at like you know 6:40 in the morning. Love it. So I know I'm sitting here and being like a judgy Judy about it. But I have to say, I feel like if I anatomically could pee in a bottle, I can't guarantee that I wouldn't. So I don't know if I can totally judge you. I'm feeling the same way. I feel like this is, and thank you for phrasing it so politely and respectfully, is that anatomically, I've never had the opportunity to not be 100% terrified that I was going to pee all over myself. So, (laughs) and I am not interested in dealing with those ramifications. And um, I feel like if the opportunity was presented, you know, I do it, but I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. Testosterone's a crazy drug. So we are <laughs> we are pro plastic bottle urination, anti snot rocket. That's where we land. One hundred percent correct. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let, we just want our listeners to know. Little worry, big worry. We are an anti snot rocket podcast. Uh, I will. I've attending pro urination in bottles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't well, know if I'm pro sending pictures of it to the friends after <laughs> that part. That that's a blurry line. <laughs> they both have like real, you know, officey jobs. I love just them thinking of them in a meeting with like spreadsheets and powerpoints and like opening up a bottle of their buddy's like urine bottle. I love uh, managed- such joy. You've managed <laughs> to joy. make private <laughs> urination public urination, which is like <laughs> incredible. Uh, just for Paul and Sean, uh, just for those two morons. Our, no. But so, thank so you guys. Sorry, Paul and Sean. I, I I really appreciate your um, empathy on the on the um, pee bottle one and and your feedback on the snot rocket. So Miss Allie, what are you thinking about? What's your what's something little that's bothering you? Okay, so <clears throat> I live alone, and I work from home. I work in insurance. Um, so I have a desk set up here and I've come to realize that I'm like, a, a have become a weirdo while I'm working and I don't <laughs> even realize it. Like earlier today, I was listening to music and realized probably 10, 15 minutes in that I was, I don't think I can call it beatboxing because it wasn't, it was just weird mouth noises to the beat of the music. Um, and I'm, it it was, it was a hundred percent not beatboxing. It was just like, yep. And like, like I didn't realize I was doing it. You sounded just like Bobby McFerrin just then. Oh, was he also sensual? Another dated, another date. He was, uh, don't worry, be happy. He made noises with his mouth and you, you sounded like a, a melodic angel right there. Here's a semi-dated or, reference. Like, falling down the stairs. Uh, Allie, are, are you the artist who recorded all of the harumph, 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 harumphs of Mr. B? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time for me to come clean. That is me. Mouth fully <laughs> artist. So, but um, if someone, if someone was there witnessing this, you feel like they would 
think this was a very weird It'd set be of very noises. Weird, but it would also be very distracting. Yeah. So like I said, I work in insurance. Fortunately, I genuinely really like all of my coworkers. So I don't think any of them would be like hating me for it. But like, I think they would be concerned that I'm just sitting there. Because it's not just that I don't just make noises with my mouth. I sometimes do like type stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I don't realize I'm doing it. You're it just becoming happens. an instrument. You're turning I, into a, a My musical. body is an instrument <laughs> <laughs> to be played for the world. But um, maybe... When this is I'm not unlike me just blowing snot rockets and not realizing it. You're it's becoming. Unlike. It is. Oh, it's, it's not. Different. It's a gross right. exaggeration. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, they're similar in that we both don't realize we're doing it. Yeah. And then the similarities yeah. stop there. Yeah, Allie's mine not recording is, herself mine is doing inhumane, it. And yeah, yours is melodic. So. I should. Someday I should just like set up a camera at my little desk mm -hmm. and just see what weird stuff like i i whistled along to billy eilish's bad guy earlier didn't even know i could mm. do it most it's mostly a, a whistle in a long kind of tune anyway i think do yeah. you do you feel like ali this is a, a fully new kind of set of behaviors or like did you used to do this when you were studying or previously or is this just new with solo covid isolation i think work? this is mostly solo stuff like uh, in college when I'd be studying, sometimes I would, but that was more to distract myself. Yeah. I, I would think, do those things on purpose. I think um, podcasts are like saving me from doing this. Like, I, I think you're doing a good job of like being focused to the point where you have enough like audio space in, around around you to be like <laughs> vocalizing. Cause I'm just like, if I blast mm. podcasts in my ears, like I will, I will. I'll feel like I'm around others and I will <laughs> shame myself <laughs> into not being weird. <laughs> oh, no, no, I just, I just do it. No, I was going to say, do you, do you make random noises as well? Just like unconnected to music or melody or. Um, yeah, I do. Usually it's music related because I, I, I usually just have music playing. Um, but sometimes. Guys, I'm a real weirdo. Sometimes I'll get like a thought in my head. Uh, like the other day, it was something I was thinking about because um, I do, I work in insurance and I see different like businesses. But there was one that, that worked with chickens. And so I started thinking if a chicken was singing the song that was playing and not even realize I was doing it out loud, I started like clucking the song. Wow. A re remix. <laughs> All right, Allie, you you did this to yourself, but we I think we all need to together sing Billie Eilish's "Bad Guy" with as chickens. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think I did bring this on myself. This is this is the shame needed since no one is around to shame me most of the time. I know this song so well. I'm just gonna leave it to you guys to do this because I no. know this song too I, well. Honestly, I can't to remember even how it starts. It's like the, the Right, that's how it starts. I do the, I do the, I do the wings too when I'm alone because I'm a, I've gone full blown weirdo, but it's like a. Wanna make a company together? 
done. You know what? I'm quitting tomorrow and pursuing this full time. That was powerful <laughs> stuff, guys. I want you to know. I I was moved by that. Did it for <laughs> doing it for Billy. Oh, this is for um, Billy. I, so Casey, I listen to podcasts often uh, as well when I'm working, and I will respond to the podcasters out loud, like Ali, kind of like you. I'll be like, "That's a stupid point. Like, wh- what are you talking about?" You know, I listen to like politics or sports podcasts or news or whatever, and yeah, we'll just fully respond as though I'm a part of the conversation, which may be the point of podcasts. But to your point, Ali, like I don't know, I, I I'm not doing it musically, but I have these outbursts as well yeah and then if you were in an office scenario with like another person sitting two feet behind you how would they respond to your random outbursts like i yeah like kevin maybe me and Allie are working you know we're working at our stations and maybe you just think about think about yourself listening to a podcast and we'll just react to you great this is great for the podcast portion of this show God, Dak Shepard, that is a ridiculous point. There's no way that Jason Siegel would be good in a remake of Godzilla. Oh! Dak Shepard's still working. Is Kevin okay? Dak Shepard of Armchair Expert. No, I know. Podcast. <laughs> I love Dak Shepard. I'm playing your coworker who who thinks that Who's only lame. Dak, Dak Shepard is only on punk and then fell off the face of the planet. <laughs> I yell in sports podcasts. They, you know, they are so. That doesn't surprise me. I torture myself by listening to some really stupid ones that are, yeah, I, I get very involved. My dad's a sports podcast as a person. <laughs> He's a walking sports podcast? Yeah. <laughs> and a politics podcast. He's Kevin, I think that you should just capture my dad's soul and put him in an iPod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've met your dad once, and he and I were best friends within 90 seconds because of sports. There you go. I don't we hate will... sports, but he likes it more than anyone else. <laughs> We will explore this on a future podcast uh, with fathers and sons and daughters and sports and somehow, but like Ali, I met Bill, right? Is your dad's yeah. first name? Yeah. I met Bill uh, Grambo once and we bonded over his coaching and, and love of Casey's high school and middle school basketball career. And it was like immediately best friends. It and was Allie, so like you and I were like at the same party, like, doing something else (laughs) that sounds about right yeah he and i just locked eyes like locked souls for five intense minutes where we were like so deep it was great this is how you know i'm not a sports person but when you just said that i pictured the scene in west side story when tony and maria see each other and like the lights go down and they slowly walk to each other i just picture you and and yeah. My dad's just doing a lot of this. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Am I the Maria in that situation? Or... Well, I'm fine yeah. with that. I just want to know which role I'm playing. You would look beautiful in a white dress. Of course. 
Yeah. I feel like you'd be the one with the acting training to handle the final monologue. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, that monologue. How many bullets left? What is it? Chino! You have one left for me. Oh. So, yeah, Allie, transitioning back yeah. to a, I don't know if we ever will transition back to a communal workplace, are you worried uh, is that is the, so that maybe is the, your worry what happens yeah. when you go back to the communal workplace yeah i mean yeah. i i call it a little worry because um it's not like i work somewhere where where i'd actually get in trouble if i were to have weird outbursts they also <laughs> like they all know me and they know that i'm a general weirdo but not like the bad kind of weirdo yeah. um but i am genuinely concerned that like i'll be sitting at my desk working and just do a couple and bother people in ways that I hadn't anticipated. I think your use of a pee bottle will bother people more <laughs> than your when you it go back would, to work. Think about it. It's it a sensible solution. <laughs> so what I need to do is start peeing in bottles so that when I make noises, people don't care about that. I feel They're like that's the least of our worries. You see the pee yeah. bottle under a desk. We did it. We solved it. <laughs> oh my God. Yuck. I love well, it. Thank you, Allie, for sharing your little worry. Good luck. Of course. Thank that you. Was amazing. Um, okay. We're talking about big worries now, so we're gonna get into it. And I think I think I'm gonna go first and then we'll transition into what Allie's bigger worry is about. Feel like a good sure. idea. Okay. Um, okay. So you guys, uh, we've been in a pandemic, not allowed to gather, um, which has been intense for me because I work in theater, but also, but also, um, I was planning on getting married last year. Yeah, um, Mazel tov, married! It's so fun to feel like happy about it because it just brings so much stress because of the other context. Um, <laughs> thank you, and, um. We had, uh, my fiance Nate and I had had gotten engaged a year and a half before we'd planned to get married. So we already kind of like had a long engagement, as they say, and then it got extended due to COVID. And when uh, Nate went away on a trip to do a show, and when he was gone, I was like, I'm going to go with my mom to get a wedding dress. So this was like in 2019, like we did that. Um, as you know, it is now 2021. We've all been locked in our houses, attached to chairs. And I have just gained weight since then, as many people have. And I'm now like freaking out that like this dress that's non-refundable, F you, David's Bridal, no <laughs> returns, is not going to fit. And I like, I'm at that point in the like the freaking out process where like i haven't tried it on so and the only thing you could do <laughs> to like know if it's a problem is to try it on so that's my big worry and i'm down to like talk about it <laughs> it sounds like a real like schrodinger's wedding dress situation <laughs> of, like you don't know how small it is until you try it on but you're not going to try it on because you know that it's small <laughs> i get it <laughs> it's oh my god it's such a tragedy and it, I will say that I had a big opinion about this wedding dress that I was like, I don't want to look like a, like a ship. 
because I do feel like there are certain <laughs> there are certain wedding dresses that you look like a ship when you're in it because it's like you're on you're like the front of the ship and then like the the bottom mm-hmm. of the dress you're just like I don't want to look like I'm like sailing everywhere I go like I just don't want to look like that. So There's the- just a big stern off the boat, <laughs> off the train. <laughs> And your bosom is the is the bow. That's yes, the, yeah. I'm like okay. the lady I'm attached with you. to the front. You're seeing it, so I'm, I'm I don't. So, yeah. I really nautically, nautically, I'm really connecting with this theme. Yes, there's a stern, which is yeah. There's a bow. There, I'm. What is the left and right? Port and Port starboard. And starboard. Yeah, yeah, it would, I knew that. All have been there, and. So I'm like, I want a dress that's like not fitted. I'm not like a cuckoo bananas person. I'm not like mermaid cat. Um, that's another nautical thing for you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> but it is like a straight set dress. So it's like there, and it's like an aligning underneath, like a lace overlay. So Al, you know what I'm talking about. This is there's a sheath going on. That is not a joke. Yeah, that's. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, no. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you guys. I don't know if a lot of people know this. I'm obsessed with weddings and wedding dresses. I didn't know this. I had no idea. I secretly dream of quitting my job and becoming a wedding planner slash bridal consultant because I... That is my dream. Oh my god! My dream. So, yeah, what is the so, most appealing aspect of matching bride to dress, or not, or or just, or providing dress consult? I mean, it's the the shape of it is so important for like how comfortable you're going to be because you're going to wear this thing for six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, after 20 minutes, be like, I'm being stabbed in the chest. Me want out. Or, yeah. like, or like, I I was in my friend's wedding and she looked gorgeous, but every three seconds she was pulling it up because it was very heavy. Mm-hmm. So these are all important things to, to weigh. Yeah, the phrase um, hoist, I don't <laughs> want it. I didn't want to be a part of yeah. the day, the experience of hoisting. And I'm just like worried that like the f- the further I push myself into this like denial, like eh, like me walking is going to be hoisting. So, like... <laughs> or like, I'm just, with, like with the mermaid and trumpet dresses where your legs are like stuck together and you have to just like tiptoe. Yeah, like who, yeah. I, you can't dance in that. And I will say part of me was like, you know, there is some benefit to the ship. Lots of movement in the ship on like mm-hmm. the lower half. Like there's a whole mm-hmm. galley and, you know, <laughs> poop deck. <laughs> there's lots of space. Oh, but- yeah. There's the aft deck, the fore deck. I mean, you, there's lots and lots of room in there. There's so, so many decks. Poop deck is very important as someone who has held up a bride's dress so she could use the bathroom. Wow. Wow. Like, Number this- two? Four no. number two or number oh <laughs> I, I should have it like it was number two. Anyway, number one is intense enough, but if it yeah. was number two, that is she was like tied into the dress. It was tent. it was a it was a um corset back. So she was tied into it. We couldn't get her out until we were getting her out out. So when yeah. she had to pee, four bridesmaids were lifting it up so that she could yeah. it's just like I'm like, oh no, like this whole thing, 
I'm very excited to get married for, you know, all of the lovely reasons. And, you know, I think um, Nate, my fiance and I, who you guys know, I'm just saying it for the people who don't, um, <laughs> um, really like parties. So like, that's a big reason why we wanted to do it. And now with COVID, it's like, oh my God, like now I'm like freaking out about this dress and it feels so not important. It only feels like a huge deal is because of the like David's bridal being like a total, like, I, I don't even know what the right word is to say. Like, just like con man, like David is evil and he won't, this is like it's way those, sillier than I yeah, mean. It's one me, of those, but it's like, like really fucked up. Yeah. And it's one of those events that like you would want a vendor, uh, um because of the to bend over backwards to make it special for you um so whether it's the caterer or the band or the wedding dress like that they will accommodate ev in every way and that just doesn't happen and you I, know I like, that's just like, not necessarily the case and i think what's know? really wild is like there's you know great organizations like mod cloth who do have returns who do create wedding dresses that are affordable and David's bridal while they have affordable options their 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 process they they like kind of like live in this like we're convenient we're all over the country like if you want to have things match or whatever or like get it done easy like we're the place to be but when it comes down to it it's it's I'm not surprised that they're like almost going out of business even though they are legitimately everywhere is because they're I'm, I'm gonna come around and say it I already gave my money you're terrible company. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm worried uh, because I, I'm worried that like, I'm going to feel like shit, you know, because I can't lose this weight fast enough. And it, you know, th that's like a whole, whole, like that. And that's like the huge, that's the huge worry that's on top of this, like big part financial part, like self-esteem worry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, right. So it just sucks. Because, um, I mean, it's your wedding day. <clears throat> and so if you don't feel at your best, that's going to be lingering over the entire thing, which is the last thing you want. Right. And there's already so many other fantastic things to be worried about. And So many things to worry about on your wedding day. And to be excited about. But <clears throat> if I'm like, uh-oh, I'm a ship now. The dress is in the ship. <laughs> Oh, God almighty. I think, you know, so much of, you know, people's health is just connected to activity and to have mm -hmm. like a year where activity is so hampered, it, it just is so challenging, like it's physically, really mentally, emotionally, um, people that I, you know, work with for personal training, like it's, you know, people on the team, like myself, like I'm used to having unencumbered movement, like any park, any body of water any anywhere any gym you know and it's just for a year it's like you cannot move and be active um, yeah. and in january uh, i was like really kind of kick kicking butt like i was like going for really long walks and like doing a lot of stuff but it really the amount of of a difference it was making was like minimal and it just like kind of i like i know what i gotta do but we all like we all know that like when you know, it makes it worse. 
Like anyone who struggled with their weight knows that when you're aware of it, it makes it the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's also an extra element of like, it feels like there's extra obstacles now when you're making those decisions that you want to move more because, you know, I'm in this small apartment in a city I'm not going to go out for a run at night by myself. Right. Straight up. I would normally go to like my gym, but I'm not going to the gym because it's not particularly safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so you're, even if the effort is there, there's obstacles. I mean, obviously that you can always find some way to do things. Right. But you have to put in the extra energy to be like, well, how can I make this happen? As opposed to just going and doing it and putting your energy into doing it. For sure. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I think energy is like, and like, especially if you're a person who like this already is like, there is other mental energy going into it. And I just wanted to say, cause this is like, I, this is where I think like the big worry really comes into it. Cause like finances are one thing and losing the money and maybe needing to spend more money. Well, that's terrible. Like the thing that really feels personal is like, you know, I've been really working on trying to kind of like strip the um, the kind of weird um, taboo in my mind around like if I'm moving, I'm exercising. And if people are looking at me like as someone who is um, heavier, like that they are noticing me as someone exercising and move moving for exercise. And that, and my anxiety about their judgment of my body needing exercise made me mad, made me resentful, made me, uh, and then reluctant to do so. So I've been like really being like mindful about like, Hey, this is like a daily practice, just like brushing your teeth. Like, just like, like, just because I'm, my body is the way that my body is female, oh, like heavier, all these things, like other people, like do not let other people looking at you t- like stop you from doing these daily practices. So like, I do want to say that there, I, I have some positive feelings about this and that's what was helping me in January. But that's those people the- who are, but those people who are like evaluating at some level exercise for an aesthetic ideal are fucking turd burgers. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. like I train and have trained for 25 years never for aesthetics like that's not the point like for me there are performance metrics which are boring and stupid and douchey but like like a very specific goals for exercise otherwise it's just like it is to honor like our physical selves in in my you know like for for me training for some like outward ideal is just stupid like that's not the point of the gift of like the machine we've been given of our bodies to do whatever we're able and inclined to do with them. Um, so it just makes me are... angry to, to, yeah. to think that people it, are like judging that. That sucks. It, it should make you angry, but it's so prevalent. Sure. Like I was having a uh, pre pandemic. I had started going to a gym and working with a personal trainer and I found I would always go when I was working with her and we worked in like a separate room and I was feeling so much stronger whenever I would go without her and just in the general public, there was that same sense of like, oh, here comes like the big girl work in the machines, which I should be able to just be like, 
not let it phase me, but obviously it does because we're human beings. But um, I, 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 I miss it because I've, I'd been working on building up core strength and now I just sit hunched mm -hmm. over all the time. I'm essentially just an emotional banana at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's an amazing but, image. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I get that. I'd like to be able to think, you know, I'm moving my body. That's what the point of this is. But I get that feeling of judgment that you were talking about too. It's, I so deeply appreciate Ali, both your kind of like, like acknowledgement and support of that feeling. And Kevin, it's also really great to hear from you, someone who like works in athletics, somebody who you exercise as someone who I think is a fit person, um, you know, kind of like distinguishing the difference between, you know, being fit and being like fit for aesthetic, because you're right. Like that is douchey. That is the douchey thing I'm thinking about. And kind of like, again, like stripping away kind of my judgment of people who are like doing exercise, even if it's like kind of like a deep, dark, like coming from my sense of insecurity, right? Because it's all just coming from everybody's, everyone's judgments coming from their insecurities, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. just kind of knowing that there is this like lovely middle ground where people who are working to keep themselves healthy and there is, and that there is a wide spectrum of that and you can be healthy in any size. <clears throat> in comparison, Rob's all joy from anything Facts. that you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Facts for real. No, I'm, I, 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 I offer that just as like, you know, my own philosophy of like, I, I do take physical um, conditioning and physical activity very seriously. It's my vocation in life. Mm -hmm. Like it is what I do for a career. Um, but it is never about appearance. Like it is never, you know, for my career, it is about performance and measurable performance. But in general, it is to like, live a you know full and an active life and not to yeah strain for some like ideal image or some like valueless metric like absolute body weight which is not an important mm -hmm. metric right well kevin if this yeah. dress doesn't fit you're wearing it because i please <laughs> and you're gonna be maria to. maria yeah. that's my dress <laughs> Here I am. Casey, thank you for sharing that worry. Y'all, thank you for listening. Amazing. I never talk about this in public, and I feel like it's important to talk about, and I appreciate your support. Thank you for sharing we your worry. We support you, Casey. I love you, Allie. And, and Allie. We turn yes. now to our last worry, your big worry. Yeah. So this is something that's been um, weighing on my brain a lot lately. Um I'm, my worry is I don't know whether or not I want to have kids, which for several reasons seems like a strange thing for me to worry about because I'm currently in no position to be thinking about kids in the immediate future. Um, I'm, I, I am in a wonderful and happy relationship with someone who, with a woman who, um, is quite a bit younger than I am. So she's <laughs> she's definitely not anywhere near a place uh, to be having children. Um, but it's something that I just kind of always assumed I would do. So I never really gave it a second thought. And now I'm, I'm gonna be 34 this year. And uh, 
I am, like I said, in a relationship with a woman. So even, even if I were to be like, yeah, right now is the time. It's not like we could be like, well, let's make this happen. And not that that actually happens with straight women either. It's not that easy, but there's a lot more planning that would have to go into like anatomically it's not just a wham bam thank you ma'am kind of situation exactly um so you know it would be a lot more that goes into it um but at the same time there's also I, I feel like the last year has made me a bit more pessimistic than I used to be um and I don't know if I even want kids anymore can i ask Um, a question kind of a clarifying question of something you said earlier of assuming that you always would have kids was that from just kind of an instinctive like reaction of like visualizing yourself with kids one day or like that it was assumed by others that you would have kids and like put there on you or what did you say i wouldn't say it was put on me by others i um i was very fortunate i have and have always had a very great relationship with my parents. Um, They're still together. I had a very happy childhood. Uh, My parents also, as another side note, would be the greatest grandparents ever. Um, But at the same time, they would never pressure me to have children. Like I've never heard of when am I gonna be a grandmother ever, which I think is uh, wonderful of them. but it's just what I grew up with. I grew up with this happy nuclear family and um, had cousins and there were other kids in the neighborhood. And I just kind of assumed, oh, you grow up and you get married and you have kids. Uh, There's a lot of things though that I assumed about my future, like I'd grow up and marry a man (laughs) um, and have kids and those haven't happened. So I don't know why my brain still has the assumption that the kids part is something that has to happen. Does that make sense or am I rambling? No, it totally rambling. makes sense. I, I think the your growing pessimism is uh, understandable given the state of the world, you know, over the last, I don't know, however long, however back, however far back you want to go. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have two kids and I think about it all the time of like, what world have I brought them into? And like, what will, you know, when, when the, ice caps are gone in 2050 and there are hundreds of millions of people displaced like what will they encounter and what have i done it's very easy to fall into that vortex and like mm-hmm. spiral um and then i don't know i think the things that we always come back to of like well we have these kids now what can we control and just giving them the most like joy filled life of growth that we can um and and i found that really fun yeah i feel like in many ways too the kids and young people that i know are awesome and they're fighting for a better world and they're fighting for a better planet and um i'm not entirely pessimistic like everything will definitely be doom and gloom but um i it's yeah it's i don't know I, I love all the kids that are in my life. Like I'm a godmother to, to an awesome little boy. And he has a big brother who, who I also love and lots of friends who have children. And I love them all and I love spending time with them. But I never, I also was never the type who like envisioned being pregnant as a child, you know? 
Like there were some girls who would <laughs> take their bike helmets and like stick them under their shirt and be like, look guys, I'm pregnant. And that, I didn't, I don't think I did that. Unless I my brain blocked it. <laughs> Your brain blocked it up. It's like the, <laughs> the only reason that people get pregnant again with a bike helmet is because their brain t- uses all the chemicals to wash the memory away. <laughs> um, I, this, I, I find this really interesting because I think that there's this like intersection, like as somebody who also is like, I do want a family, like I, I want a family, but like, what, like, how does that even work? Um, You know, this, yeah, there's a lot of like, I feel like man- like manifesting or imagining like what your life, like what you want your life to be, like imagining, you know, the experience of, of pregnancy or adoption and like the trials and tribulations of that experience and the risk and reward of those experiences. Um, you know, I, I find it like so intense and um, as so much like, thought process goes into those things and then there's like the pro and the con list of like what's the base reality that these little babies are going to be coming into and it's like when when like the logistics are hard you know or scary you know and that's why it's like so emotional to hear about people who like you know spend years trying to adopt or spend years trying to have kids you know when they when it's then met with this like long list of like you know political unrest and climate change and all these things it's like what is the point and then you think about what is the point and there is so much that's brought into your life by the youth to me like and young people and babies being around like they're like a show they're like a show that like livens up all like the old tired people in the room including myself (laughs) like they are they're such a source of joy so i Ali, not only do I hear you, I feel like I'm in a very similar place and I yeah. understand. And are you a planner, Annie Allie? Like are you a like you know not, year plan, five year plan, ten year plan? Like that not really, no. Um I I I like to think that I am, but um I'm too ADHD brain to stick to a plan. Yeah. So like every week or so it's like actually the new five year plan is this. Yeah. So, um, so no, I've never really been a, been a planner. Um, and I, I feel like I've, I've always just kind of thought those big decisions. I'm like, Oh, I'm young. I can just think about those later. That's for older Allie to think about. And then I'm like, I'm turning 34 this year, which is still young, but it's very young, but in terms of the, the adult decisions, I'm like, Oh, I I am I'm future Allie now. The future is now. The second thing that you described that is me. It's just like ever evolving, like kind of random kind of impressions of what the future may hold and what I might want it to be. And it's like, yeah, future Kevin will figure that out. Um, so I I had a very serious girlfriend before I met my now wife, and that girlfriend was close to ten years older than me, and she, I was like not in a place of like locking down and getting serious. I was like, life is awesome. I'm a couple years out of college and this is wonderful. Uh, She was in a very different stage. And so then we broke up and she was a lovely, like really fun. I met my wife and we were married and had kids within five years of that. It was just like, you know, and it just like turned on a dime 
unexpectedly and um, without planning or forethought. It's like, this is what is right now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I, I think um, personality wise, like that's so much more how I've navigated things of like, what is right now and kind of running towards it. Um, and then once you're like, you know, it, it is a blessing to go through, you know, pregnancy or or the adoption process or like the possibility of having kids it is so exciting and i don't think that's something that gets talked about a lot of like it you know people talk about the stress and like be feeling overwhelmed it's just like a freaking log flume that's like going to the top of the hill and you're like holy shit here we go here we go here we go and then you're like plummeting down, you know, for 18 years, <laughs> but it, it was just like, it's so thrilling and exciting. Um, at, at one level, which I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I never heard people talk about that or people didn't prepare me for that, but it was, I don't know. I feel like it used to be people only talked about the good things. Like it was just like, it's a miracle. You're going to love it. And then we've swung the pendulum the other way where they're like, no, you're never going to sleep again. Um, And I think there's, I think there's a middle ground that we probably need to, to address, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's something that, that it feels like day to day, week to week, my thoughts on it are, are changing. Um, But, I think you'd be a really good parent. I want to say that. Amazing. Amazing parent. I think you'd be a really good parent. And, you know, I've doodled around on the internet and tried to figure out like, okay, what the F is like the actual like difference in financials between like adopting and like, and having a baby. And they're like, like, like wedding venues, they, they met, they're the same, the same price. Just one happens to be covered by insurance, hopefully. Um, but I think that the world is wild place and people will help good people get good things. And you put a lot of positivity, you emotional banana into this world. And I think that, uh, the yellow think, and everything. Yeah. I, I think that lots of people, if you wanted to do adoption or whatever, lots of people would want to help you, Allie. So I hope that you do whatever you want. And and I and I, I understand why you wouldn't want to do it because it's scary. It's such a intense worry, and you know, hopefully, you find the you know whatever is right, yeah, for you to pursue. Um, you know what will be funny? Um, my my twenty two year old girlfriend doesn't know that this is the topic I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her there was a problem with recording. Uh, sorry, the episode's She's watch not this coming out. When it comes out, just be like, uh, what? <laughs> Don't worry. That would be such an improvisory, performery thing to do. I'd be like, this is how I want to present this to you in a show. <laughs> On a podcast <laughs> in a venue, uh, no. That, that has been a very constant talk with my wife about this. She's like, "Oh, so you're going to go on the show and talk about uh, some of your deeper feelings and some of your deeper thoughts and and uh, challenges?" Like, "Oh, cool!" On a show <laughs> with Casey, 
cool, dude. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm like, I'll be yeah, over yeah, here talking to myself. <laughs> I am most comfortable between action and cut. And yes, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's where I am. Well, I think that you can be worried about things that you're not even close to actually engaging in. So don't worry. Allie, thank Girlfriend you. Girlfriend listening. For girlfriend yes that's our disclaimer we'll put that at the top of the show of just like the topics covered on this conversation are not for 22 year old ears please (laughs) um Allie thank you for coming on little worry big worry sharing an amazing fun little worry and a very serious and um, important big worry with us thank you so much for having me this has been delightful you are a beautiful hilarious kind sensual banana (laughs) Allie (laughs) we love you I love you both so much oh my god before we go we have some recommendations for each other um I'm gonna go first just because I don't want to forget it um Kevin uh my recommendation this week is um an action one can take not um and and my recommendation this week is to send mail i sent a bunch of cards this week and it was fun and it i i had a pile of things of little messages that i was going to send to people in my hands and and it was a delight i mailed my grandpa a book i sent people some gifts some like little valentines and it just made me feel happy for like three seconds and then i was like back to the pandemic (laughs) I love that, Casey. I love that so much. I and I will. I haven't done it in a long time, but I um I still get magazines. I subscribe mm-hmm. to physical magazines that come to my home. Uh when I read an article, I love love uh ripping out an article and sending to someone who I thought of who like, "Oh, you'll like this article. It is such an old man thing to do." <laughs> and I'll do it to like those same friends that I send pictures of my pee to. Oh. Be like, Paul, I thought of you with this article, and I'll write a little handwritten note. And I love that. Thank you for. And he's like, reminding. what was this sealed with? <laughs> 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 I didn't wash my hands. Sorry, Pat. sorry. Um, but I love that hand, you know, postcards, letters, notes. Oh, that is so wonderful. I will do that this week, um, and make sure that I send something to my buddies. Um, I have a podcast recommendation, and it's Ooh. actually this is going to be like an experiment. Um, so I have two kids, 10 and eight, and I listen to music all the time. I have a, you know, the Bluetooth speaker in the house and, um, I do like listening to podcasts as well. And it is the niche of podcasts that interest adults and are appropriate to listen to around children. Very small, or Mm -hmm. at least one that I'm not aware of. Right. I did stumble upon something called you must know everything. So it's a podcast. They are little 10 minute podcasts. A father and his daughter in Montana record a podcast and it's called You Must Know Everything. Incredibly cute. Um, They talk about a topic and I'm I'm not even going to try to like describe, but the daughter has a theory every show that's like some, you know, usually connected to something real, but like a banana cuckoo kind of like little kid imaginative take on it. Mm-hmm. And then they read a poem and they talk about the poem, po- poem, poem, Jesus. Why did I say that? So weird poem, 
poem. Poem. Um, <clears throat> Allie disappeared. Oh my god! Oh no. All um, right, we'll have to check on her. But we'll ch- we'll check on her safety. Everybody, she did disappear from the Zoom, so might be in the I'm sure World she's Wide okay. Web. We found her. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! We ran all over the internet. We found her. I'm alive. We got her. You you, you found me. We were Allie. running through stacks of files like in hackers. Uh, it was it was intense audience. So we we got her though. Allie. Allie, thank you so much for being our guest. You were amazing. Thank you. We love love you. Thank you for for being here. Anything that you want to share? Um, plug. Yeah. Uh, obviously, check out the CT Comedy Theater and all the things uh, we have going on there. Um, I also have a brand new Instagram account for my uh, cross stitching projects that I do. Some of which will be for sale shortly at uh, Fringe Vintage and Modern in Clinton, Connecticut, a great vintage shop owned by a girl I went to high school with. Um, so some of my, those projects will be there. So you can follow that at, at Semi Snarky Stitches. Hmm. I love it. Awesome. Allie, I think that this proves to our audience how worried I really am all the time, that I was worried that they would be worried that something happened to you. So everybody... This worry solved, but there's so many still to figure out. So thank you, Allie. Thank you, Kevin. And we'll we'll see you next time, you guys. Goodbye. See ya.